Well, welcome back to Healing for Church Orphans. It's a Bible study here at Abundant Hope Christian Center in Downey, California in the United States. And we thank you all for listening in today. We are going to return to reading the Word of God out loud where we study that happenings. We will, as we finish this Bible study in the weeks ahead, be reading the Word of God out loud. And as you'll listen, and as you hopefully read with us, we'll have the Spirit speak to us. It is very special when we read the Word of God out loud because God speaks through us. You don't have to be a pastor teacher. You just have to be filled with the spirit of born-again believer. We're going to restart again in Joshua chapter 8, verse 30. We're going to be looking at this section in Joshua as he rededicates the covenant that Moses commanded them to dedicate in the years of head. Moses knew that there would be times of backsliding and that they would have to renew the covenant. And what we're going to see today, as, as, as long and wide as these first five books are, the Pentateuch, the Torah, the Lord instructed them to write the law on stones, all five books. What we, what we see here is they're going to take lime and bleach the stones. If you've ever been to Israel, you know that place is filled with stones and rocks of varying sizes. So we're going to look at Joshua 8.30. As I turn there in my Bible here, Joshua renews the covenant. We're going to read about six verses and then see what happens. Verse 30. Now Joshua built an altar to the Lord God of Israel in Mount Ebal. As Moses, the servant of the Lord, had commanded the children of Israel... As it is written in the book of the law of Moses, an altar of whole stones over which no man has wielded an iron tool. And they offered on it burnt offerings to the Lord and sacrificed peace offerings. Burnt offerings, then peace offerings. I'm going to tell you right ahead, we know what a burnt offering is, but a peace offering is with blood. So remember, they had burnt offerings and then peace offerings. Verse uh, 32, And there in the presence of the children of Israel, he wrote on the stones a copy of the law of Moses, which he had written. Moses wrote the books, the first five books of the law. And then Joshua took it and wrote the law, these five books, on these stones. You could just imagine the whole valley, which is filled with stones, with the written word of God, including number six, the Lord bless you and the Lord keep. I mean, it was staring them in the face. They didn't have printing presses. Not everyone can afford a handwritten scroll. But they go to this Mount Ebal, and they see the first five books of the Bible written out on the stones. This is an area they have to travel through. It is literally, as he's going to explain, a witness for them, blessings, and a witness against them. If we had time, if you have time later on, look at Deuteronomy 28. 
It is a chapter in the book of the law that is about 14 verses of blessings followed by about 50, 60 verses of curses. It is half, well not half and half, only the first 14, 15 verses are blessings for obedience. Those who will heed the word of the Lord. There was no excuse. It's written on the rocks. The Ten Commandments in Exodus 20, written on the rocks. The Ten Commandments was repeated in Deuteronomy 6, written on the rocks. And as we saw in the last few weeks in, uh, in uh, Deuteronomy 17, in Deuteronomy 31, Exodus 24, at the end of every seven years, they had to read it out loud and everyone had to hear. Even if there were strangers in the land, strangers meaning non-Jews, aliens as it says in the King James Version, everyone living in the land had to hear it. And before they took office, before the king took office in Deuteronomy 17, he had to write it out, copy the first five books. So these kings that we see in First and Second Kings, First and Second Samuel, David, Solomon, they had to spend some quality time copying the Word of God, all five books. Why? So they wouldn't forget. Why did they read it every seven years? Because there'd be a new generation of young ones. Because they said, if the children, we're going to go to Nehemiah later on, if the children have understanding, they are to be there when the law is read out loud. And it had to be every seven years on the Feast of Tabernacles, which is the last feast of the, whole, of the seven feasts throughout the year, usually late October. And they had to stand not sit. Whenever they read the word of God, they had to stand up. Let's keep going here. Let's see, where was I? Um, he wrote on the stones, uh, yeah, verse 33. Then all Israel, with their elders and officers and judges, stood on either side of the ark before the priests, the Levites, the, who bore the ark of the covenant of the Lord, the stranger as well as he who was born among them. Why is that important? They're on each side of the Ark of the Covenant, including the stranger. What are they looking at on the Ark? Seven times sprinkled with the blood of the Lamb. Everyone is on both sides so they could see the, the blood. And the only reason that keeps the wrath of God from them is the blood of the Lamb. Let's keep going here. And uh, let's see, okay, I want to make sure I, the stranger as well as he who was born among them. Half of them were in front of Mount Gerizim and half of them in front of Mount Ebal as Moses, the servant of God, had commanded before that they should what? Bless the people. The funny thing about Mount Gerizim, it's a pile of rocks. It is dusty, it is hard, no life. But the other one, Mount Ebal, is green and covered with vegetation and fruit-bearing plants. Keep that in your mind. Verse 34, And afterward he read the words of the law, the blessings and the cursings, according to all that is written in the book of the law. There was not a word of all that Moses has commanded, which Joshua did not read before all the assembly of Israel, 
with the women, the little ones, and the strangers who were living among them. Mount Gerizim is where they put the curses. No life. Mount Ebal is where they read the blessings, where there is life. And this was going to be almost like a, a billboard. A billboard. On Gerizim, the curses were written. On Ebal, there were stones there amongst all the green trees and whatnot. The blessings. Again, you go to Deuteronomy 28 and you'll see what I'm talking about. 14, 15 verses of blessings. And it starts off the book. It starts off the chapter. But for the rest, for disobedience, is a long, almost three times as long as the blessings. The curses are three times as long as the blessings. They, had, they were staring them in the face. Let's move along to 2 Kings 23. Go to the right in your Bible. We're going to find the people of Israel had disobe were disobedient. And in 2 Kings 23, a good king comes along. Josiah. Josiah begins to reign as king when he was eight years old. And what we see here, starting in verse 1 of 2 Kings 23, the king is a young man. But if you go back to chapter 22, you'll see that Josiah was brought to the throne at eight years old. That's third grade to me and you. Verse 1. Now the king sent them to gather all the elders of Judah and Jerusalem to him. The king went up to the house of the Lord, that's the temple, with all the men of Judah and with him all the inhabitants of Jerusalem, the priests, the prophets, and all the people, both small and great, and he read in their hearing all the words of the book of the covenant which had been found in the house of the Lord. Then the king stood by a pillar and made a covenant before the Lord to follow the Lord to keep his commandments and his testimonies and his statutes with all his heart and all his soul to perform the words of this covenant that were written in this book. And all the people took a stand for the covenant. The temple was in ruins. The book had been neglected. Notice this is the book of the covenant. I could have given another name. The book of the blood. There are no covenants without blood. Even a marriage covenant that God gave men and women is a covenant of blood. And since this is an adult class, I can explain this. At the wedding party, in the midst of the wedding party, when the bride and groom had been brought together, the bride and groom go off to the, the bridal chamber and they go to conceive their marriage for the first time. And the bride brings out the sheet and hangs it up to prove that she was a virgin. They were very careful in those days. And that was part of the whole traditional ceremony. So even a marriage covenant is by blood between a man and a woman. So when he says book of the covenant, 
the fellow who wrote Second Kings, which was probably Samuel, I believe, or David, I'm not sure, is saying something to us. Book, he could have said book of the law. He could have said the book of Moses. But what? He says book of the covenant. And they take a stand for the covenant. The book has been rediscovered within the rubble of the neglected temple. They went in there to restore the temple and to restore worship. And what are the, it can only be restored by the blood. And for Christians, only by the blood of Jesus. Do we come into a relationship with God the Father? Notice when surprise words come up when you do your Bible studies. And you, don't, you say, I never heard what book of the covenant? He's saying something here. And the Holy Spirit will tell you. He's talking about the book of the blood. The Passover lamb in this respect. And what are they going to do? But they're going to reinstitute the blood sacrifices in Josiah's time. King Josiah is a revival king where he brought his people back into relationship with the Father God in the temple by the blood. A temple can only be cleansed by the blood. We read in the Bible that a red heifer is, go, is when they rededicate a temple and that when the third temple is built in Jerusalem before the coming of Christ, it'll be with a red heifer and yeah, they found a red heifer in Israel. They're getting ready to build a temple and to cleanse it. That's how close we are. Okay, go to the book, go to the right in your Bible, to the book of Nehemiah, and we're going to end here and have communion. Nehemiah is just before Job, which is just before the Psalms. If you go to Esther, you probably have gone not far enough. Nehemiah is right before Esther. Nehemiah 8. Nehemiah speaks of the restoration of the wall around Jerusalem. Ezra restored the temple. You're going to find in the Bible, people go off into sin. The temple is neglected. The enemy comes roaring in and takes over the temple, takes over Jerusalem. And there's no longer any blood sacrifices. And for 70 years at a time, the people of Israel are in captivity. Then when they come back, as it does in the days of Nehemiah, the first thing they're going to do is read the word of God out loud. I want to impress upon you that in Josiah's time, they read the word of God out loud. And that in Joshua's time, they had the word of God out loud, written on the rocks. And they had one mountain for blessings and the other mountain for curses. Full consequences. No excuses. I didn't know. Oh, yes, you did. Everyone was taught to read. And they had an enormous billboard of the Word of God on those two mountains and, and the, uh, on the rocks. And they bleached those rocks with lime in those days. Not lime juice, but lime. If you know anything about lime, it bleaches white and then right in black you could see it let's go to Nehemiah 8 they've been coming back the wall is being rebuilt and it says in verse 1 
Now all the people gathered together as one man in the open square that was in front of the water gate. And they told Ezra, the scribe, to bring the book of the law of Moses. Doesn't say covenant here. It says the book of the law of Moses, which the Lord had commanded Israel. Verse 2. So Ezra the priest brought the law before the assembly of men and women and all who could hear with understanding. The little ones too could hear with understanding on the first day of the seventh month. <clears throat> then he read from it in the open square that was in front of the water gate from morning until midday before the men and women and those who could understand and the ears of all the people who were attentive to the book of the law. They listened. There had been no reading or knowledge of the book of the law for 70 years. Verse 4, so Ezra the scribe stood, not sat, like I'm doing, stood on a platform of wood, which they had made for the purpose, and beside him at his right hand, and there's a lot of name of the priests, verse 5, Ezra opened the book in the sight of all the people, for he was standing above all the people, and when he opened it, all the people stood up. And Ezra <coughs> blessed the Lord, the great God. Then all the people answered, Amen, Amen, while lifting up their hands. And they bowed their heads and worshipped the Lord with their faces to the ground. Let me give you the body language. Standing up, heads to the ground, bowing down with the hands up like this to hear the word of the Lord. This is how they listened, like this. Standing at attention, worshiping, and bowing down in humility. Let's keep going. Verse 7. There's a list of priests there. They helped the people to understand the law, and the people stood in their place, meaning they paid attention to the priests who are making them understand the word. Can you imagine if we did that in this class? Whenever I read the word, heads bowed down, arms raised, <coughs> bowed down in humility for hours from, what was it, morning to midday. I think that's at least six hours, tops, and in the heat too. And the people stood in their place, verse 8, so they read distinctly from the book. No mumbling, clear and loud and clear concise in the law of God and they gave the sense what is a teacher supposed to do is to give the meaning the sense of it and they help them to understand the reading skip on down here now uh, well, let's read it all and Nehemiah who was the governor and Ezra the priest described and the Levites who taught the people said to all the people quote this day is holy to the Lord your God. Do not mourn nor weep. For the, all, the, all the people wept when they heard the words of the law. Then he said to them, go your way, eat the fat, drink the sweet, and send portions to those for whom nothing is prepared. 
for this day is holy to our God, Lord. Do not sorrow, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. So the Levites quieted all the people. Why are they getting upset? They're reading what? The law of Moses. Not the book, not the blood part. The law, Exodus 20, Deuteronomy 6. And when they hear the law after 70 years, they know they've messed up. They know they're under the wrath of God. So the Levites quieted all the people saying, be still, for the day is holy. Do not be grieved. And all the people went their way to eat and drink to send portions to the poor and rejoice greatly because they understood the words that were declared to them. They understood. <clears throat> now let's have communion. The reading of the word of God out loud, especially when it's been a long time. It's going to convict. For those of you who are parents, grandparents, do you know what the memory you want to leave your children and grandchildren? And I know I'm speaking to grandparents in here and parents, <laughs> even uncles like me. I want to leave behind a memory of them hearing me read the word of God out loud. I remember the words of my grandma and my grandpas. I had two of each. I remember their, I even know the sound of their voice. It's ingrained on me. Your grandchildren and your children remember literally the tenor of your voice. Leave them at some time, at the proper time, where you read the word of God out loud. I know that's not, there's no, that family devotionals have mostly disappeared, the family altar. You ever get the chance and they want to hear you, take the chance and read out loud. Lead them in communion as we do today. You take the bread, it could be a cookie, it could be a, a potato chip or a tortilla or whatever. We take the bread and say, by your stripes we are healed. You are the bread from heaven. You've come to bring healing and life and light to the world. And we receive your healing in our bodies in faith in Jesus' name. Partake. Take the cup. We thank you for the cup, the blood. Forgive us, Lord, and cleanse our conscience. Cleanse us of all the effects of sin. Fill us with your Holy Spirit. Bring us showers of blessings to honor you. Grant us wisdom on when to ask the right questions and when to make the right phone calls. Grant us the wisdom we need to bring your blessings here on earth. As it is in heaven, so let it be in earth. Your healing and your blessings. Give us wisdom and protection by your blood. In Jesus' name. And as we say at the end of every Bible study, from the book of Numbers, chapter 6, this is what they read out loud. And here in number 6, they were commanded to read this over their children. That there's one way to bless your children, and this is it. 
As I turn there in my Bible, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace, shalom. And that the name of the Lord is written upon you and when he sees that name, you are blessed to be a blessing in Jesus' name. Thank you for listening. Thank you for attending. And we'll get back together on this subject. And before we're done, we're going to be all together from the same translation, the same page, reading the word of God out loud to renew our minds. Go with God. Thank you for listening.